Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. Hi, I'm Jason, and I'm here today at Inspire St. James, a church in London that we've been partnering with to help to reach a new part of their community. And today we're going to be thinking about how we, as everyday Christians, can connect with new people in our community, the particular opportunity that council estates give us to do that, and know something about the culture of council estates and how there are so many stories of how the good news of Jesus is being brought to people on council estates. And we'll hear some real life examples. I've had the privilege of being and living on a council estate for over 13 years. But even if you are not on a council estate, the principles of connecting with our communities and taking a step of courage to reach new kinds of people and connect with them will be completely applicable to you. So let me introduce my guests. I'm here with uh, Kev Croft, who is our field director for South London, but also has a special responsibility for the council estates and seniors ministry that we do at London City Mission. Welcome. Good to be here. And Shane Goodyear, who is one of our missionaries based in the Lambeth team and has a speciality around council estates and seniors. Welcome to you. Great to be here. Brilliant. Well, let's start with God's word. Let's start with the Bible. And I know for you, Kev, one of the verses you found particularly helpful in thinking about this whole thing of connecting with new people on council estates is a verse in the book of Thessalonians. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, the Apostle Paul evangelist says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So just starting with you, Kev, then what does this say to us about taking time to get to know people in our communities. Thanks, Jason. I think it says two really important things. First of all, it keeps the gospel front and centre. The Apostle Paul is not, yeah, saying that we love people and don't share Christ, you know, yeah. That we loved you so much, that drove him to share the good news of the Lord Jesus. We said we shared our lives with you as well. Um, we live in London. We live in a busy context, a busy culture. Um, and particularly for people living on estates that sometimes get overlooked um, and not heard, for people actually to invest in them and to spend their lo- and spend time getting to know them and, 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 and get to know what, how they tick, hmm. um, yeah, their lives, um, helps us, I believe, to love them better but to share the gospel in a way that applies to them um, in a particular way. So yeah, it, 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 it holds out those two things that we want to be doing as individuals and as churches as well. Mm. You know, we want to keep the gospel front and centre, but we want to do life with people. And that's much, much easier, I think, to do in a, in a local context, on a local estate. Um, for many of us that, that are involved in this ministry, maybe living on those estates, you're able to just do everyday life with them. Um, so you might bump into people as you go to the shops or you're taking the kids to school, hanging about in the playground. 
But I think also what it enables us to do is live out the Christian faith underneath the gaze of those people that maybe haven't come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ yet. So we proclaim it with our lips, but we live it out with our lives as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're thinking about the opportunity that council estates are to connect with people. And there are some things, you've just touched on them a bit, some things that are peculiar, specific about council estates that make them an easy place to try and connect with people on. So uh, let me come to you, Shane. For one thing, I think about the council estate that I've lived on mm-hmm. for a number of years mm-hmm. and how it's a little bit like a goldfish bowl. There's a there's a kind of uh, football area in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah. And I remember just the other day going to play football with my son. And as soon as you go and get a ball, suddenly young people start to emerge you know, from, yeah, yeah. from all over. Because it's kind of the geography of it is that everyone can kind of see everyone yeah, yeah. else. But what are some of the things about council estates that make them unique in terms of trying to get to know people? So I think one of the big things on a council estate when I train churches or when missionaries from LCM have trained churches to reach out to council estates, yeah. one of the big things you want to do is actually listen to people yeah, and build those relationships and share your life with people because people on council estates genuinely are probably going to be a bit straight away mistrusting of you because you're from the church, you're a Christian and so forth. Uh-huh. And they think, oh, you're just going to preach at me. You don't really care about me and stuff like that. And to overcome those first sort of things, I find listening to people and hearing what they're saying and even trying to meet them halfway brings you into their life, into their worldview, and you can be Christ-centered in that. And my aim when trying to build relationships with people on the states is to make Christ-centered friendships. And so you go to those places where the big meeting hubs are or the bridges are, um, the coffee shop or the pub or the playground or the school gate, and you go and listen to people, let them say stuff about the Bible and church, which they think could be right, hear that, meet them maybe halfway, and then bring Christ into that. Because I've found as well on the States that a lot of people are open to spiritual conversations quite quickly, quite straight away. Mm. I actually call council states theistic cultures. And what I mean by that is, is that I, I've been to uni. I went uni back in the day uh, to York and everyone was very atheistic and a bit like, oh, I can't believe you believe the Bible. While actually on the States, because they're, especially London council estates, um, they're quite multicultural and those cultures have affected other cultures on that estate. People are quite open to the Quran, to the Bible, to spiritual things, to, um, what's that thing? No, not seances, you know, stars, star signs, star yeah, signs. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, why I'm yeah, tapping you. Yeah, yeah, ta- yeah, tarot cards and all that. Like loads of people are into stuff like that. And you can actually find, you can start building relationships with people quickly that are Christ-centered because you can be like, okay, you're into those things. Let me show you who God is through that. Thank you. So there's something about a spiritual openness of people on council estates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about the, the geography of council estates. Kev, are you looking like you're going to yeah. come in? I think one of the wonderful things is they're on our doorstep. You ain't yeah. got to go far to find yeah 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 your local estate. Um, so yeah, case in point, um, uh, one of our colleagues from 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 Hope Church was doing some training with um, some potential um, yeah future church leaders. Yeah, um, and he talked about a church that they'd come from and to where they were meeting on that particular day, which was a distance of about two and a half miles, and they passed twenty different council estates oh in two and a half me. miles. Yeah. So you haven't got to go far. It's not like we're sending you to yeah, yeah, Peru. It's there on your yeah. doorstep. Yeah. You pad it in bear or something. <laughs> <laughs> and just just picking up on something that you, that you said, Shane, as well. You, you mentioned a few different places that are quite local. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a particular feature of council estates. Everything tends to happen hyper-locally. Yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. by that is people's lives tend to be much more 
lived close to where they they live and where they're based so they they'll go to the shops just up the road and and they'll do things much more close to where they yeah. live whereas in some communities people are traveling miles yeah, yeah. to work and they and that sort of thing do you, yeah. do you know what i mean and so what you pointed out there is very key is because people on estates even in london they're very localized very know their uh their networks are usually on the estates or they might have a network in Nigeria or somewhere because yeah, that's yeah. where their family's from. But it's usually from the estate or from the school and people tend to grow up with that mindset and so forth. And so they're less what you would call commuter-based and more localised and hang out locally, yeah. um, local pub, local football team, only a couple of miles down the road. Some people might not even ever leave the estate, depending on who it is. Yeah. Well, uh, how, uh, how's God at work? on council estates at the moment Let, let's just think about what what's god up to as we think about council estates so can i start with you kev yeah yeah i mean what what one story we're, we're partner of a church um in south london um they they live two minutes away from uh yeah a, a, a big estate um and we've partnered with them um to to do door-to-door ministry um now door-to-door ministry might be a sort of yeah yeah something you've never heard about or you maybe a preconceived idea of what it yeah what it might be the reason that we're doing door-to-door ministry is that we want to go and build relationships christ-centered relationships with individuals living in our local community um and so we've yeah we've come alongside this church and um uh, one one of the church members went out with one of the the lcm team um, and got in a conversation um, yeah, with a guy on the estate. Um, he'd been brought up um, yeah, going to church, um, but yeah, as he grew up, he yeah, turned his back on, yeah, on, on God and, and, and the church. But in his latter years was sort of yeah, really grappling with, yeah, and, and, and God seemed in, in one sense to be speaking to him even before these guys turned up on the doorstep. Um, he knocked on the doorstep, had, had, had this wonderful conversation. And even on that doorstep, this is the first time they met him, he gave his life to Christ. Now, I want to be honest, that doesn't happen every time, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but now he's, he's he's got stuck in with the yeah with the yeah with the local church. Matthew nine thirty eight, yeah, fields are white for harvest. The estates are right for harvest, and they're and they're, and they're right there. So yeah, yeah, exciting stuff happening. Um, and I think conversations that I'm having with church pastors in particular, yeah, I think there was a growing hunger with churches, and that growing they see the need as it were but they're not entirely sure how they're going to do it. You know, these communities for many churches are, um, are, are communities that haven't got an awful lot of connection with or experience with. Um, and I think we as a mission, we, think we will work with churches like that all day long that see the need, but need equipping, you yeah. know? Yeah, so there's exciting stuff happening. Um, and I could tell stories like, uh, uh, of that particular man over and over and over again on the States. Praise God. Praise God. Shane, I know you've got something to share. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if it's as good as that. But um, there's a church that LCM have been mobilising called Hope Church Vauxhall. And LCM has have gone in there. And what it is, they've helped form like door knocking teams and lunch club teams. And all it is on a Friday. That, so a couple of members of Hope Church, as well as a pioneer from LCM, go out and do door knocking. And they meet people. Um, on the doors and they invite them because sometimes it can be a leap to invite them into church so you'll get some people in the states who will be like oh i burn if i go into a church you get other people in the states go no i've got my own church down the road or you get other people in the states who want to be like oh do you believe this so it can be a bit of a leap to go into a sunday service so we have a friday lunch club and 
on the Friday morning, people who do door knocking, build relationships with people and invite them to that Friday lunch club or the breakfast club, which is on a Wednesday. And I just want to share a story about an old school geezer called, um, I won't tell you what his name is actually, but he's proper East End like that. You know what I mean? He's like, you, what are you saying, son? And uh, after lunch club, we have a Bible study as well. And at this Bible study, um, there was a passage I was reading at Exodus 34, I think it's five to six. The Lord passes by Moses and it, the Moses says, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love. And I said that and, and the East End Londoner went, Oi, <laughs> you mean God is compassionate? Tony Blair killed millions of people and deserves to die. All those politicians deserve to die. God can't be compassionate and let them off. And what I found interesting about that conversation was that there was a big sense of justice he doesn't mind he doesn't well he doesn't care in what in a, in a negative way if god is compassionate or not he wants to see god act in the world mm. the bible talks about that too and what you will get on estates i use that east london guy as an example but he has now built relationships with people in lunch club and is now coming to our sunday services this is a guy who struggles with God's compassion, who disagrees with a lot which Christians say, which disagrees with a lot of what God says who he is in the Bible, but through relationship being built on Christ, he's now entered into the Sunday service and other Christians are building relationships with him. But I just want to add on to something there. I think on estates, one of the things you'll see is people do need God's compassion. They do like to hear that. They also want to know God's working in this world, acting in a just way in this world. Yeah. Because they've been through a lot of evil. They've seen a lot of evil and they want to know God is not just a God of compassion, but he's a God of justice. On estates, God's compassion and justice needs to go together. And that's what we need to be bringing to people. You want to bring the whole of biblical theology in that because we do need to forgive our enemies. We do need to forgive people who hurt us. It's just, I think sometimes churches have jumped too quickly to that without missing out. God is just. And if people, especially if God's people have been hurt, God is going to deal with that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then that leads you to be like, hang on, God's a holy God. I want to forgive these guys and ask God to forgive them too. And I think that's really helpful for people in the States because they desire and want to see justice. Thank you. Thank so they you. don't have many problems with the Old Testament. Let's say that. <laughs> Let's just definitely say that. Well, we're now going to hear a story from Stockwell Baptist Church where we're working uh, with that church to help them to connect with their community. My name is Nathan White um, and I'm one of the elders at Stockwell Baptist Church. The church in itself um, is 150 years old um, and for many years the church has faithfully um, sought to uh, share the gospel with the local community. So we're really, really blessed to be kind of in the heart of London to have such a diverse congregation of so many different ages and so many different backgrounds and stories. It has just been incredible to be able to partner with London City Mission. So we've been working with Denzel um, and some other members of the team as well. And it's just been so encouraging for us. What we're trying to do is to just go and say hi to our neighbours. You're talking to people um, and you just want to get to know them. You just want to build a relationship with them because that's what the church is there for. But the vision of Doors is to build Christ-centred relationships with those who are in the area, to share Jesus with them and end your life with them. You know, you know, we do want to get into gospel conversations and that does come. But initially, you're just wanting to say hi. You wanted to find out how they are. Um, what's going on in their, in their life, how long they lived in the area. Um, and as you get to know them, you can ask them about church uh, uh, and their beliefs. And through that, you get into a gospel conversation. Yeah, I've really been encouraged recently by um, uh, a lady I met on the doors. She, um, she's kind of going through her, through her own personal struggles. Uh, she told me that she has been looking for befriending services and uh, hasn't really found anyone 
uh, who's able to help her, she told me that she was kind of, you know, crying out to the universe, wanting, you know, someone to help. And she was, you know, saying, I need help. And I think it was a day or so after that, uh, she said, uh, we came knocking on the door and uh, we were there to listen to her, to her problems. And again, I don't believe, uh, you know, the universe caused that to happen. I believe God caused that to happen. And that's because God sends us into the area to seek out those who are lonely and depressed and who need a friend and just to reach out to them with the love of Christ and with his good news. Some of the barriers and uh, fears that churches have, I think, are that to, to go on the doors just seems, it's just quite a fearful thing to do. You never know who's gonna be behind the door. Are they gonna accept you? Are they gonna reject you? Are they gonna slam the door in your face? Are they gonna tell you, you know, don't come back again? The way that we try to offset those fears is to remind people that you're talking to people um, and you just want to get to know them. It's wonderful going on door knocking with, with, with church members because as much as you get to know the area, uh, you also get to know the actual members that you're you know, going out with and it's been so, it's been so good to, to get to know Sister Inez. My name is Inez Corey and I'm coming to this church since from about 16 years now. I wasn't very comfortable with it at first, but because we were, it was more than one of us, it gives you confidence. One can back up the other. Sister Inez definitely is a, she's a force to be reckoned with and really uh, senses the, the real urgency of the gospel. And so that impacts how she, how she approaches people. And it goes kind of straight for the jugular and is like, like wants to share the gospel then and there immediately. Denzel help a lot because he gets into more one-to-one um, -one talking about their background or how long they live there and all that. So it's good. It makes you more confident, more relaxed talking to them. Whatever happens, we should try and get the gospel in because that's why we, we come, you know, that's why we go there. It might be the last day on earth. Who knows? We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We need to tell them about the love of God and what he's done for them and that they can have eternal life when they leave this earth. It's not just this life alone. For many people, church is an idea and uh, it's kind of that thing over there that I don't really think about. Um, but in doing door knocking, we can actually be a bit like Jesus. God could have saved us by staying in heaven and being on his throne, uh, but instead he came to us, put on a body, came face to face to us, and uh, in one sense, when we do door knocking, we're being incarnational in that sense, that people don't only know of the church through a flyer, they're knowing the true church by meeting other people, uh, having conversation with them and building relationship with them. One thing I've learned about ministering alongside Christians of different ages is that we all need to be doing it. We all need to be out there. The church is a, is a tapestry of, of all different ages uh, who are called to reach all generations. I think that's really important. And so London City Mission have just been incredible in helping us to, to kind of get so many things started, which I think we genuinely would have struggled really to get started without them. And we've been able to understand as a church what our local community are thinking, what needs they have, um, and to just try and share the gospel with them. So we very simply just go out and knock on people's doors and try to share the gospel with them, which has been just incredible. It's been really, really amazing. We always try to say, well, our message is not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus. It is important because, you know, it's the word of God and it, it's life, it's a life-saving thing.
So Denzel talked about getting into a positive conversation with people. Kev, how can we go about doing that as we engage with uh, trying to connect with people on the doorstep? Yeah. Uh, just a couple of things on that. Super encouraging video to watch. And one of the things I loved about that, you saw just a, a picture of Denzel and Sister Ines praying, you know. Mm. Um, so it, it sounds a simple thing to say, but I think before we want to be having conversations with other people, we want to be having conversations with God. Um, yeah. So let's root this in prayer um, before we go out. Um, but as we go out into these communities, um, as you knock on a door, looking just for visual clues about mm. the person that may be behind that door, if there's a pram on the balcony, there's probably a good chance there's going to be a, a young family living there. There might be some religious symbols outside the door, which will help you, in one sense, be on the front foot about think how could I share, how, how could I start a conversation? Where may I lead this conversation? Um, and I think it also helps us think about, um, as Shane was sort of helpfully um, explaining, as the guys go out the door in Vauxhall, the, the jump to a Sunday service is probably a little bit too much straight away but if you have got a toddler group or a, or a cafe or or a drop-in what 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 would be the one thing that you could maybe invite that person along to so again we go back to one thessalonians chapter two so that we can start to share life with them mm. and we can start to share the gospel with them thank you kev and just now thinking shane as we seek to get into conversations you sister Inez was talking about this could be the last the last day on earth there's an urgency about it but how do we begin to share the gospel or get into conversations in a way that's relatable as well bless her not all of us are forces to be reckoned with are we and i don't <laughs> think i am either so if you're not a force to be reckoned with i think you know i always say to people who are ministering on the states who are doing door knocking 70 percent listening 30 percent talking back and that 30 percent is key for god's glory and for them to hear about god's salvation so when you go to someone's door, you usually introduce yourself and you introduce yourself in a relational way because I guarantee a lot of people listening to this podcast will think door knocking, Mormons, JWs, or that meme of a dog sticking his head through the door going, you need to know about Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour. How at LCM we seek to train to people at doors is much more relational. So as soon as someone opens the door, you could go, hi, my name's Shane. We're from Hope Church, Foxhall. Our community's been through a bit of a struggle recently over the last couple of years. As a church, we want to love our community and we want to show Jesus. How are you doing? And then we, I usually try and train people doing doors to have four stages of conversation. The first one, which I just said, you're introducing them to the church, Hope Church, Vauxhall it was, introducing who you are, and you're introducing them as a Christian, yourself as a Christian, and also I mentioned Jesus in there as well the first time. So they know what you're about. You're not going around there being sly. They know what you're about. The second thing is um, praying for them, offer to pray. A lot yeah. of people, especially in the States, can be quite open about their life. And as you're listening to them, that 70% listening, you can hear and be like, right, can we pray for you? Can I get others at church to pray for you? And then the third thing is, is bringing a gospel story, a Bible story, a doctrine, a piece of scripture into that conversation to show them what God thinks about their situation, who they are, etc., etc. And the fourth one, repent and believe, full gospel blown presentation if you want to call it that explanation but this four stages of conversation can happen in three minutes on doors 
or in four years. It's all dependent on the person behind you. But I think the big thing that we're trying to get across when we're doing door knocking and we're trying to build Christ-centered relationships is that you're going around there to reflect Christ. You're honest about who you are and you want to take them on that journey where in the end you're giving them a full-blown gospel conversation. But you're also in that introducing them to church, introducing them to prayer. And especially if you're in a local church on an estate and you're doing similar doors, the same doors, like once every five weeks, people will start opening up more and more and more before you know it you've got gospel centered relationships you're proclaiming the gospel to people they're coming into your ministries and there's too many people coming in and now you're starting to complain <laughs> <laughs> praise god praise Amen. god but and, and it takes perseverance though doesn't it you yeah. know i was out a couple of weeks ago and just aware that you know I, i've been knocking uh, on door after door and i'd had a couple of um, positive conversations and then it wasn't so positive mm -hmm. for a while mm -hmm. and y you know you are intruding on people's lives in a you way are. that they're not necessarily expecting and sometimes yeah. they are busy or yeah, they're yeah. In engaged in something but but the last door that i knocked on uh was uh, a man who was really cut up by the the death of his his mum mm -hmm. and was really struggling to know how god could have anything mm -hmm. to do with that but the way the conversation went meant that there was an opportunity to talk about how Jesus did weep Amen. at the death of his friend. And I was able to show him something about the connection between how he was okay. feeling and how, how God felt about that and situation. And that made that door knocking session worth it, just that conversation. It, 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 it absolutely So you might have had did. a number of non-doors that people didn't answer or they're like, yeah, thank you. But that one door at the end, which you had that fabulous conversation with, bang. Absolutely. It. And it was just the perseverance. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like that the biggest obstacle to that conversation happening was me. The yeah, biggest yeah. obstacle was me saying, God isn't in this, let me just give up. Yeah, yeah. But the perseverance helped. Now, as we think about this, and I'll just stick with you for a minute, Shane, because we're, we're on that, this sort of thing. Like, what are the uh, things that we need to be thinking about when we're relating to people on estates in general? So I'm going to give you some broad brushstroke themes. I get that people are individuals. But I think on estates, especially London council estates, I'm generally talking about, but this can apply to all estates across the country to a certain degree, there'll be nuances and differences, is that there is cultural traits that people share on London council estates, even if they come from different ethnic or cultural cultures, if we can say that. And I think there seems to be on estates a big mistrust of authority with people so they mistrust the council they mistrust the schools and they may see you coming from the church as someone they can mistrust as well there also is a mindset on estates generally of powerlessness now this works out in a number of ways mental health issues nostalgia but also as well a lot of people feel powerless and want to get out of their situation so they work hard mm. um they're very big on sports music get starting a business going into business that sort of stuff going to uni some people will be or doing an apprenticeship so you get stuff like that but it all comes from the mindset of people won't listen to me i'm powerless i need to do something so you either give up or go forth um we talked about mistrust of authority i also think the third one i think generally broad brushstroke is that for me personally, I don't have any statistics with this, so I just want to make people aware of that. From from what I've experienced in ministry in the States, it seems like a lot of people have been abused in some way, especially by people in authority. So in a physical, spiritual, sexual sense, have been abused and they're coming out of that hurt and it a lot affects their worldview and how they would treat and speak to you. So I think this is why it's key what I was saying earlier about the 70% listening, because it's not just the States, let's be honest. We all love being listened to. We all love people genuinely listening to us 
and genuinely caring for us. And if you come with that heart and that attitude, even with these broad brushstroke worldview um, ideas and thoughts that people from the States have, they will start listening to you and trusting you when you bring the gospel. Bless you for sharing that. And it, it does mean that there needs to be a real humility and gentleness as Amen. we do this. And, and actually, Clothe yourself with humility. I've been meditating on that towards one another. And absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as we go about, we should remember this for all evangelism, but people are, are people and they're yeah. not projects. Yeah. You know, there's a sense in which um, we, we want to think about coming alongside people rather than being salesmen trying to sort of just deliver a package yeah. and running away sort of thing. And just a quick one on that. Sorry, I don't want to take up too much time. But if you do a door knocking program in your church where you're visiting like a block or a road once every five weeks and say you went to the second stage of conversation and prayed for someone and then they gave you permission to pray with it at church, go back around five weeks later. Yeah, we prayed for you about your mum and her ill health. How's that going? You will see that person trust you even more mm. and open up more. So especially that door knocking, if you've got that strategy where you're visiting people once every five, six weeks and you're getting through those stages, people will start opening up to you. You can build those relationships, show Christ. And I think as we listen, like um, Dental will use that word, we're, we're being incarnational because we're modelling how God basically acts, isn't it? Like you, you, you see the Bible, like the Israelites crying out to God in slavery. Uh, you, and God hears, you know, you, you, look, you, you read the Psalms and, you, and, and I think um, an awful lot of people are, uh, that, that I've met on Cancer Station, I can't speak to God in that way that the psalmist writes out when he's crying out we, we, yeah, yeah, from his heart, as it were. And I think we, we're introducing people to a God who hears mm. and a God who listens and a God who acts. Amen. Amen. And, and I guess as we're thinking about things to be aware of when we're ministering on the state, trying to connect with people on the state, I guess we need to recognize that it's not going to be a smash and grab. It's not going to be a short thing either, is it? Yeah. And I know you guys know that from your experience and um, uh, I've experienced that too. Would you say anything about that? Yeah, I think a longevity of ministry and a longevity of Christian witness in these communities is really, really key for a number of reasons. They're communities that have been forgotten about for an awful lot of the time. But even when there are... Um, in one sense maybe local councils or local charities have come in and tried to do things for the benefit of the community often haven't listened to actually the needs of the community mm. which is one where again feeds into the we're just we're just feeling yeah ignored here um but when the funding runs out or the project doesn't work in inverted commas what happens they clear off do you know mm. what i mean and i think that that leaves a mark that leaves scars on individuals lives leaves a scar on a, on on a, on a community so i think as, as as churches we need to be there for the long term through the highs and the lows of life and i think what that enables us to do as well is it lowers the bar when we start to build those relationships we'll go out in the doors for the first time we haven't got to share everything mm. in in a in a in a salesman sort of way. Yeah. I often, when I'm when I'm chatting with churches, I often talk about when I first met my wife. If I told her everything about me the first time I'd met her, she would have done the sensible thing and run a country mile. You know, it's over it's over the weeks and the months and the years. You you build relationship and you and and you share more with one another. Um, and I think that's the same with churches as well. And as we seek to reach into these communities. Thank you. Thank you. Well, look, as we begin to, to, to wrap up, what are the kinds of resources that people could 
look to to find out more uh, about this sort of stuff? Anything you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of resources on our yeah on our website. Yeah, um, some how-to guides about door knocking. Um, yeah, there's a um a, a, a chili guide to share different levels of sharing the gospel. Um, yeah, that yeah that, that, that that's on there as well. If you're into reading, I know not everyone's into reading, um, but a couple of helpful books that, that, that might help you to dip your toe and understand a little bit more about culture. Um, Unreached by Tim Chester, written a number of years ago now. Um, even some insights from Shane as well um, <laughs> in, 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 included in the book. A helpful from a Christian perspective. Um, more up to date um, is, is a book called Poverty Safari, um, which is written um, by a Scottish guy um, who's grown up on an estate. He is a non-Christian, but again, just helps um, us understand, um, yeah, the, the the context of estates. But also, I, the thing I loved about the book was the balanced sort of um, mm. view that he gave. Is that this is not. Yeah, this is not all someone else's problem. There are some issues that we've got to deal with with communities as people that live on estates. Um, yeah, that, that 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 don't help the situation all the time. So I think those two, I think those two books would be, yeah, would be a balanced, yeah, view if if you wanted to read some more. Okay, so just to uh, just to reiterate, so it's the LCM how to guide on door knocking, and then there's a how to guide on ten ways to build gospel bridges into your community and you can access those at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources if people want to uh, i guess if someone were listening and they were thinking how can i share this sort of stuff with my church what are the next steps for them yeah i mean if you've really been encouraged or, or, or challenged or touched by this um if you're a church member maybe have a chat with your pastor or your elders and say, can we watch this together? Do you know what mm. I mean? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's some there, sort of thing, there's, there's an estate just yeah nearby. This would be really helpful for us. If you're a church leader or, or an elder and you're sort of thinking, oh, do you know what? This is just another thing that I've got to do. Um, yeah, why not sit down with maybe just a, a, a group of your, yeah, your church members and say, yeah, yeah, I was really encouraged or challenged by this. Yeah, what would, what would it look like for us as a church family to think about how we might start to reach out into our local estate? Brilliant. And uh, I guess one thing else that you could do is uh, simply contact us uh, directly. Um, if you'd like to talk more, if you'd like more support, then again, lcm.org.uk forward slash yourchurch is one way that you could do that. Uh, I, I want to come to you guys now and ask for a concluding thought. We really want to leave people with a practical next step to take after they've watched each of these podcasts. So I don't know who wants to go first. Shane, what would be the, the, the one thing that you want people to take away and maybe to do as they go away from this? I genuinely think praying for divine appointments and we were talking about resources earlier. If you love Jesus and his word is in you and you pray for divine appointments and you're genuinely willing to listen to people 70% of the time and you, you 30% is going to represent Christ with your words and your actions, that's what you need to do. So pray, keep loving Jesus, let Jesus' word be in you and go out and minister the gospel to people. I know that sounds daunting, like praying, especially for, for example, like for divine appointments, you've got to be careful with that prayers because it's a prayer where you will get many divine appointments and the Lord will bring a lot of people into you, even when you're on holiday, which I experienced once. But it was still very good. And I feel just going with that heart, willing to listen, prayerfully, knowing your Bible, and minister on the States and minister anywhere. 
Yeah, and just by divine appointments, we're simply saying, Lord, give me an opportunity to share Jesus. It's Amen. Colossians... Bring people into my life who are open to hear the gospel or where there's no way I can get out of it. So the classic one is, oh, what did you do over the weekend? <laughs> I, yeah. went, I went to church. Oh, is it? You go to church? Yeah, boom, there you go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Kev? Yeah, I'm just reflecting on this. I, I think, obviously, we're... We have a focus on London, um, but we're also assuming that people listening to this podcast, yeah, yeah, f will be from around the country. Um, so maybe just doing an internet search, a Google search, or maybe local churches that are near you that are doing ministry on a council estate that you could just come alongside, that you could encourage, that you could learn from, so that you could go out and maybe yeah yeah replicate that in your local community. Because like Shane says, it is daunting, you know. Yeah, we're we're, we're often talking about in crossing cultural barriers where many of us haven't got experience. So, in one sense, see what's going on in your local community and whether or not that could be a blessing to you where you are. Thank you. And I, one of the things I think I'd just say, it's reflected in some of the stuff that's come out already, is just that wherever community we're in, whether it's an estate or whatever the Lord has put us, uh, people are people, <laughs> just like us, made in the image of God. They may look different, they may sound different, they may have different histories, but they're people made in the image of God. And so therefore, take a step, mm -hmm. just take a step to get to know them uh, as a first thing to do. Kev, can I ask you to pray for us, brother? It'd be a pleasure. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for those individuals that shared their lives and the gospel with us so that we may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour. Heavenly Father, as we think about the communities that you have placed on our hearts and near us in our locations, pray, Heavenly Father, that, yeah, yeah, we will have been encouraged and convicted and challenged by what we've learned this afternoon. But Heavenly Father, we pray that we may go and live out the gospel, um, that we may go out and proclaim the gospel, um, that we will build meaningful relationships with people living on our local estate, that we can share Christ with them, that in your kindness and your grace and your mercy, that they may come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, so that you will be glorified both now and for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we explore how you can intentionally bring the good news of Jesus into your social outreach. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing Jesus with those around you, especially people on the margins of society. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not subscribe and recommend this podcast to a friend? Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content.